Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Aislinn Kelly, Deputy Editor at FitPro. Today I'm chatting to Cody Sipe, co-founder of the Functional Aging Institute, about fall prevention in older clients. Cody, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. So first of all, Cody, what are the main causes of falls in older adults and how can the older adult prepare themselves to better avoid falls? Well, falls are what we might call multidimensional and that there isn't really one specific cause of falls. There are a lot of different risk factors that combine to really increase falls in older adults. A few of the things that stand out, however, and this might sound common sense, but balance problems is a main cause of falls in, on, in older adults. And that's kind of gauged and viewed in, in some different ways. But what we see is if they have an issue, any sort of balance impairment, that's obviously going to increase their risk of falls. Age is a factor. We see that once people get to 70, 75, fall risk really starts to go up. And so when you think about they probably, depending on what data you look at, one in three to one in four older adults fall every year. Most of those are occurring in the 70 and 75 up population. They just tend to be less physically capable and have more problems. Within that, strength and power are two factors that we need to focus on as well. Uh, strength is one of those areas where you, you just need to have enough of it. It's not that you need to get stronger and stronger and stronger, but if you just don't have a sufficient amount of strength and power to get out of a chair and to climb stairs, you know, do that, those sorts of activities, that's going to predispose you to falls. Medications are an issue. People that are on four or more medications of any type or have significantly increased risk of falling, and especially if they're on antihypertensive medication or any sort of depressant, CNS depressant medication whatsoever. Some of the other risk factors kind of outside of a person would be things like their home environment where, you know, if they've got uh, lit areas that aren't lit very well in their house or, you know, they change flooring from carpet to, to tile or there's rugs that are kind of pooched up a little bit. Those are all risk factors, but those aren't things that, you know, we really focus on in training. We're focused on, you know, the physical capabilities uh, of the individual themselves. Mm. And how could they sort of prepare if they haven't had a fall, but they may be in that category where they, they might be more likely to experience one? How can they prepare themselves to better avoid falls or how can the fitness professional help them? Yeah, this, this is actually where fitness is the, the key. It really is. There's nothing else that's going to prepare them like a good fitness program. And I would encourage everyone to really focus on a lot of balance and mobility tasks in their program, even for people that, like you said, haven't fallen, but they don't want to fall in five years. They don't want to fall in 10 years, you know, because falls can be very serious, very, you know, uh, injurious. And so we want to make sure that they're well prepared now to take them into the future. And so a lot of balance mobility exercises. So this would be things like when you think about balance, balance is a, a pretty complicated area. We can break it down in a lot of different areas, but think about doing static and dynamic balance activities. So static would be, you know, 
I'm standing on one leg or I've got one foot in front of the other and I'm just trying to maintain my balance. Okay, pretty basic. But dynamic activities would then be where you're moving. And so where you're weight shifting back and forth, you're stepping in different directions. You're even crossover stepping. Like if you do a grapevine type exercise movement pattern, a braided walking where you're walking forward or backwards, but your feet are crossing over one another. Perturbations such as giving people a little nudge and they've got to they've got to st- stay standing. You know, when you give them a nudge, they have to respond to that. Even doing like agility ladder type exercises are all going to be good. You, you're building their their coordination and their motor control, and you're building their ability to you're improving their ability to move quickly in different directions. And so, if you just think about it from that basic standpoint. It really opens up a lot of options for you in your training program. And so this is why, like in our training model, we, we have a you know specific focus on balance and another specific focus on mobility because those are two you know areas that are really important just for overall function, but are really critical for fall prevention. So a heavy dose of those things versus you know, getting people on a machine just to get them stronger, like doing leg extensions and leg curls. If they're a frail person, that will help because that frail person, and this is usually somebody who has fallen multiple times already, they're probably lacking in basic muscle strength. So those things can be appropriate for them. But for the rest of the, the folks who are a little bit more functional and haven't fallen yet, you really want to think about getting them up and moving around three-dimensionally in their environment and just throwing things at them that they've got to respond to. Whether that's different foot patterns or even catching objects that you're throwing to them, you know, that's very reactive. So using a lot of fun games that are making them move around three-dimensionally and and react to different stimuli uh, are all very effective. And what about those sort of frail clients who've maybe had a few falls and have come to you because they've been experiencing problems? How would you tailor exercise programs specifically for them? So you want to think about things like sit to stand transitions and basic gait patterns. You know, you'll you'll have noticed that if somebody is frail and they have fallen, they're very cautious, they're very careful, you know, they they widen their gait pattern, they shuffle a lot more. And so working on their gait, getting them to stand up tall, narrow their stance, take, you know, strong forward strides that are very confident. And so we can and we can use little aids for them, little balance aids to help them be successful. Whether that's holding on to an object like a piece of equipment or using, you know, walking poles, whatever it might be that you have in your facility to help them be successful, but doing gait pattern exercises like trying to walk with high knees. You know, it's simple, simple as that. Just trying to walk slowly with high knees, trying to walk with your feet very close together or walking a, a line like you're walking a tightrope, walking with your feet very wide apart like a monster walk, walking diagonally, forwards, backwards, laterally. These are all basic gait pattern movements that they have lost and are really going to contribute to their fall risk. So we want to work on those things. And then I mentioned the sit to stand transitions, having them do things like chair stands, you know, for 30 seconds, 
in different different positions, having to do things like climbing stairs up and down, which is also a transitional pattern. Those are things that are going to be really important for the frail population. And then you can add in some of that very basic strength training uh, as well because they're going to need it. But when you're working with these frail older adults, when you work with anybody, but especially the frail uh, folks, man, you've really got to be careful about them falling. Because here's the thing about balance training. In order to really be effective, it has got to push people to their limits of balance, which means likely in your classes or with your clients, if you're doing that, people are going to stumble a bit and, you know, because they're going to push themselves a little bit too far. So you need to make sure that you are really monitoring that you're like with our frail clients, we are right there beside them. And if I've got four frail clients I'm working with at a time, typically it's going to be, let me work with one and then go to the next one, next one, and the next one, or have them do something that I don't have to monitor them for while I'm doing something that's very balanced demanding for one person. Because again, I can't, I don't want frail, four frail clients trying to do, you know, braided walking because I know they're going to stumble. So you have to be very careful about, you know, how you monitor them. And is there ever a client who you can't help? Is there a level of frailty that is just so far that or is, or is there always something you can do with anybody well you know we like to say it's 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 never too late but the sooner the better and so when you have those clients that have multiple chronic conditions you know they're very deconditioned they're frail they've got really poor balance poor strength disease processes you know that they become very difficult to help and it for those individuals it usually takes more of a healthcare team approach, you know, they've got other things going on that you can't control and that you can't really deal with. Exercise is still going to be good for them and it, it, it will be helpful to a certain degree. But, you know, there is a point in which it, it becomes very difficult to, to make a significant impact on their life. And you'd probably be working with healthcare providers. It would be more like a referral process. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Back and forth. And, and we've had clients like that, you know, where they're they're in physical therapy, their physician is monitoring them, and we're doing some stuff with them. But it's that's that's a difficult client. Mm. And what questions should PTs be asking older clients before commencing training other than the usual sort of park questionnaire? And what would be the yep. warning signs in clients when, when you meet that warning signs in clients when you meet them that they may be experiencing problems when they exercise? Well, for working with any older client, and this is especially true for this thing about fall risk, is you always want to start with a good health history questionnaire. You know, the PARQ just doesn't give you any good information about what the issues that this client has. You know, it's a screening out process. And so you want to make sure that you're asking, what are all your current medical conditions? What are your current medications? What are your past issues that you've dealt with? Injuries, surgeries, you know, joint replacements. You want to try to get a really good picture of what this client is like and what their issues are because you need to know those things. And doing a good health history is a skill because I'm telling you, people will have major issues that in their mind are no big deal. And so they won't, they won't tell you. And then two weeks into your training, they're like, oh, well, you know, and I've got this issue. And you're like, what? You've never mentioned that. Why are you telling me that now? So, so it's really important to try to learn as much as possible from them right up front so you know what you're dealing with. Included in that then, that, that will give you a good idea of their fall risk for one. But then you also need to ask them about falls. You know, have you fallen in the past year? 
Do you experience problems, you know, with your balance? Do you feel like you're going to fall? Have you stopped doing activities like climbing stairs, as an example, because you, you're, you feel like you might fall? Those are all good, good questions to ask. And that should then lead into some assessments of their balance ability as well. So you could use like some things that we teach in our program are very simple to do, but they can give you a really good idea of their their balance ability are things like uh, the 30-second chair stand test. We use uh, an eight-foot up and go because we use feet, but it's very simple to do. People stand up out of a chair, walk around a cone eight feet away, and then come back to the chair and sit down, but they do it as quickly as possible. So you get a good idea of their dynamic balance ability. So just those are just a couple things. So there are a lot of very solid balance tests that you can use that are easy to do that that are out there. But so kind of going through the questionnaire and getting their health status, asking about falls and their their fall confidence, and then doing some basic assessments will really give you all the information you need to develop a really good tailored program. Fab. And is there a particular client that springs to mind that you could you could tell us a bit more about about how you worked with them and the positive impact the exercises had on their recovery? Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we you know we have so many clients that you know have just really benefited so much from from exercise and have great stories and and that's what's awesome about working with this population that y- you're going to have some incredible results that you just want to tell everybody about. But one one that just kind of stands out because we use this individual in in uh, a lot of our presentations as an example. We'll call her Jane. Jane was in her late seventies. She was overweight deconditioned and had early stage Parkinson's disease. And so she had a lot of issues going on. She was not an exerciser at all, but her and her husband had this opportunity to travel to the Galapagos Islands. And, you know, amazing trip that she was looking forward to, but she knew physically she couldn't do it because her balance was so poor. And she had other issues, you know, poor endurance and poor strength, but she knew her balance was a problem and, and having to walk Kind of, it's not like you're, you know, doing any a lot of off-road hiking that's real difficult. But there were these paths they had to walk on. They would, you know, go up and down and around. And and of course, she she she's really interested in taking pictures of the wildlife. And so she was really concerned that that she would she would fall and hurt herself and you know maybe seriously. And so she came in and we kind of went through everything with her and and she was she was right. I mean, she was, she was in pretty bad shape and her balance was just awful. So her program just kind of put it in a nutshell involved a lot of what we just talked about, a lot of gait, a lot of basic balance exercises and transitional exercises because she was so deconditioned. And so even chair stands, you know, were a struggle for her, but as she got better, we were able to get more and more dynamic with her. Now she never got to the point where she could do like an agility ladder, you know, <laughs> she, she, she never got to that area of performance, but she did improve to the point where she was able to go on her trip to the Glockos Islands. She'd enjoyed it. She had no problems uh, whatsoever, and it really motivated her. She actually came back and kept training with us and is still training with us. She's trained for years, and what's awesome about that is that with one, her kind of the aging process, but also Parkinson's layered on top of it because she's done such this dynamic, robust training program. She's really 
helped it's helped her Parkinson's, we think, to really stay at a minimum. You know, it has not progressed like you typically see. And so it's had an amazing impact on her on her function and on her ability. It's life changing, isn't it, really? Even if it just means you can create more memories. Oh, absolutely. It's just a new lease in life. And you'd be surprised. And as you work with more older adults, you find this out that there's there's a lot of older adults who their their life has shrunk because they've chosen not to do activities because they're scared, you know, and that's limiting to them. And even like we talk about playing with grandchildren, they're not the one to go out and run around and play with their grandchildren because they know they're going to fall down and they don't want to be the one that embarrasses their grandchild, you know, the one that falls in the bleachers or whatever, you know, at an event. And uh, so it really limits their ability. Sure. And where should people head to if they want to find out a bit more about this topic? Yep. Well, I'd encourage you to go to our website, thefunctionalagenginstitute.com. We've got some balance programs that you can look at there. And then also visit us on Facebook. We always post good information on a variety of topics, including falls and balance. Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.